Hi, I'm Carla. And I'm Michael. And we're Go Postal Podcast. The podcast where we read your drunken ramblings, postcards, emails, whatever you can think of, really. And how do you get these sent to us? You can send it to P.O. Box 198514 in Nashville, Tennessee, 37219, or gopostalpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. We release an episode every Monday. Auf Wiedersehen! Ciao! Hello, hello, hello. Goodbye. No, don't say goodbye. (laughs) You're supposed to welcome them. As the witch mother, you welcome them. I welcome them. I just bring them in to my loving arms. Right into your bosom. Your bosom. (laughs) And I have them tell me their sorrows and their fears. And And then I consume them. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) And then consume their fears yeah. and beca- yes, um, yeah, consume the their fears. Eater. The fear eater, I like it. Did you do something on that? Not a fear eater. Yeah. It was a uh, what was that? Sin eater. A sin eater. A sin eating. Uh, I think that was from. That was our voodoo episode. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Sorry, I forgot to take my earrings off, and I don't want them to be jangling in the um, in the mic. I'm gonna try to not hit my mic this entire episode. It's gonna be great. Let's Ooh, see how far we get. It's a game. Hey, here's a, here's an idea. Take a shot every time Katie hits. Oh. <laughs> every time Katie Katie hits Fuck. the mic. No, I cannot recommend that. You will die. Maybe. Possibly. For sure. Pretty definitely. Most you definitely. You will die. You will. So I am dying today. See, um, oh, do you guys remember how it used to be? Like every time, like in the old episodes, Katie would come on and she'd just be like, "I'm dying forever." Yeah. Next week, Kenny, I'm dying. Still dying. Yeah, She's no. She's still dying, y'all. No, I'm back at it. Back at it again with the death. No, um, I am, like, my stomach is just, like, not happy with me. And she's really, she's really angry. And she just keeps growling at me. And it's really not good. It's kind of like in the book that we're reading for book club. How there's, like, this disembodied growl. In House of Leaves. That's what my stomach is doing, actually. I think it may have been brought on by reading so much of House of Leaves at one time. I straight read that book for like six hours in a row. I was going to say, that sounds, you know, awfully uh, familiar. Right? Like, I think it has actually fucking poisoned me. I've never been poisoned by a book before, but I think that that's what's going on. The psychotic, like, it's really just getting to you and it's just... Right. And it's like making me ill. Because also the other thing is like I woke up this morning and I discovered like I just decided that my back was itchy. And so I have literally just been like raking my nails up and down my back all day. And like I'm pretty sure it's a mental thing. Like either that or I just have some horrible rash. But there's nothing there but my like jagged red nail marks. Yeah. I mean, I looked at your back and it looked normal other than the fact that you have like you know clawed it yeah. it looked like something out of like nightmare on elm street like yeah. <laughs> freddy it has lo- it looks like i got into it with some kind of like bird or wolverine or something with a bird 
Yeah, like it just looks clawed up. Yeah. You know, something scratchy like that. So basically. I saged the fuck out of her back, though, mm -hmm. before the episode. Don't expect much from me today. I don't have much to give you. I don't think that they expect much <laughs> any other day, Katie. That's true. Oh, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about as far as our book club book, we, so this episode is going to be released on Wednesday. So on Monday, two nights ago, we did a book club live stream on our Facebook. And we like basically just hung out for like an hour and talked about the book and like it was really cool and people were like sounding off in the comments and it was just really fun so if that's something that you're interested in we do that shit over in the facebook group and we're doing house of leaves now uh we're gonna finish the second half of that and then we're gonna pick some other goodies some people have already proposed some good ones i have a book on corpses that i want to read so if you want to be part of things like that then you should join our facebook group and you can find it on the platform www.facebook.com. And if you search the Haunted Heart Podcast, you will find a closed group. If you request to be a member, we will approve you. As Unless long as you're, you're a murderer. Yeah. Or a ghost. But uh, we'll, we'll probably accept. approve you. If we'll you're approve a ghost. you if you're a ghost. Ghost totally. is conditional. You just can't be the ghost of a serial killer. Ghost of John Wayne. These Casey. are the rules. Come on. So up top, we have two new inductees into our Patreon family, which is Yay. very exciting. Patreon is popping. Yes, she's popping. She's popping. <laughs> and we just released an hour-long ASMR video oh, on Patreon. Oh, my God. It was so much fun to make. It was, I feel like we're really... <laughs> I'm not sure that we were successful in being soothing and calming to put people to sleep. But we were we just, at least entertaining. We just made a bunch of fucking noise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we clearly have no idea what we're doing with that. But um, it was a lot of fun to make. And the people who are on the Patreon who have seen it um, have apparently had fun watching it. So that's all we really care about. So if you want to be part of our Patreon so that you can get cool shit like that and access to all that bonus material uh, that is coming down the pike, especially with Halloween coming up. Yes. You can find us at patreon.com slash the haunted heart and check us out there. And there's just a bunch of like funny, wacky little videos. Yeah. Two people have gone to patreon.com slash the haunted heart and joined our family. And now we are going to do an invocation of goodness and well being and health and love and light mm -hmm. into their lives. Yes. Allie. A is our new inductee into our Stay Spooky Squad. And Yay, thank you, Allie. Yay. All the love. And the next one is Kristen H, who is our first ever trash talent aficionado. First ever. Go, girl. And your candles will be lit uh, at least through the episode, but always in our hearts. Yes. Unfortunately, they can't cast any light because our hearts are as black as, as the tar. inside of the House of Leaves. <laughs> like three people are going to get that. I don't know. Probably other people have read. That book is like 10 years old now. Yeah. I think. Maybe. I don't know what year it came out. Anywho, now we are going to talk about, we're just moving right along. I'm feeling like we're just being really productive. Uh, now we're going to talk about 
our little shop of horror for the week. Yes. We are talking about the Gilded Fish. The Gilded Fish. I love that name. Absolutely love that name. Yes. So uh, the shop is owned by our girl, Valerie. And actually, in speaking of Patreon, she actually has a Patreon that you can check out as well. But first, you can find her on Instagram at uh, the Gilded Fish. And she has really, really beautiful, beautiful pieces. Uh, jewelry, uh, rings, especially rings. There's, yes. there's lots of rings. She has this one ring that is um, like the classic symbol of the snake swallowing its tail. Mm-hmm. And I'm all about it. Yeah. Like, I am obsessed. Like, I want it really bad. I might be ordering it right now. Yeah, but she does earrings as well, and it's, like, really cool shit. Yeah, I love that ring with the snake eating its tail. Because it's very, the stuff that she does is very, it balances, like, being ornate and interesting and unique and artful with being tasteful and sort of minimalist and, you know, like, it, it it's a good balance for me. Oh, yeah, this definitely looks, like, her, um, her whole Insta feed is, like, Katie's life like it looks absolutely stunning yeah it's very cool so we love her um the gilded fish on instagram she has another page that's the gilded fish dot store that has more specific uh like pictures of merchandise and stuff like that but I think she's really most active on the gilded fish yeah and she's got a link on there like I said to her patreon uh she's from Latvia so uh definitely check her out check out her patreon because she's got a lot of cool parks on there as well and we highly recommend her work yes that's Valerie and then our third little piece of business up top is the lovely podcast go postal so you can find them on any major platform where you listen to podcasts It's called the Go Postal Podcast. It is hosted by Carla and Michael, and they have new episodes that come out every Monday. And they basically talk about all kinds of stuff. Like, they're very, um, they're kind of a little different from what we do. Like, we're kind of solidly in the macabre. But they're a little, they do, like, history and fun facts from all around the world. That's why it's called Go Postal, because it's, like, See, I thought it was going to be, like, initially when I first was listening to them that it would go, like, I was going the opposite direction with that. Yeah. I kind of, when I first heard the name of it, I did too, but then I was like, wow, I can't believe somebody's doing an entire podcast about shooting people up. Uh, (laughs) But that's not what it is. Uh, It's Carla and Michael hanging out, talking about cool, fun, wacky, weird history facts. And I'm a little bit of a history nerd myself, so I like all that, like, weird offhand I mean, you do have a degree in history. I do. I do. (laughs) But I call myself a history fanatic. Do you see that? Do you see how I downplay my accomplishments? Yeah. (laughs) Like, ravishingly. Anyway, you should check out Go Postal Podcast. Again, new episodes every Monday. And they are cool people. They're very upbeat. And very positive, and I enjoy that today of all days. Yes. As I am dying. As I lay dying, people. Isn't that a, that's a... It is. A song. No, it a is a... Or a well, book. I think it's a band. Might oh, be what you're remembering. it's a band, but yeah. But the band is hearkening back to a book, which is by William Faulkner, which is where this lady dies, older lady, and then her family has to, like, carry her back all the way across the country, and... 
like it's back in the older olden oh, days. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like a family voyaging with this dead corpse of their relative. Okay. It's pretty. Nice. Yeah, I tried. To, I tried to like Faulkner, but I just can't. You know. No. It's just not. <laughs> he's like, no, mm-mm. no, no, don't know. Well, I wanted to like him because he's like kind of goth. Like he's kind of like early America goth, but it's just too much. Too much. Too heavy handed. Too heavy handed. All right. So I think that is all of our housekeeping. We did our little shops of horror or our little shop of horror. We did our pod light, and we talked to our new Patreon family members. They have officially been inducted. Mm-hmm. So now I think it might be time to dive in to our subject, or should I say our object, object of the discussion. day. Discussion. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. We failed. It's fine. I think this podcast is like just a journal of our failure. To podcast. I, I, I'm neither going to confirm nor deny, nor deny that. <laughs> Turning failure into a brand. Turning Let's failure go. into success. That is our brand. <laughs> yes. Actually, that's kind of beautiful. I, I'm, I like that. I'm telling you. I'm in. I'm going to stay in that for a while. I'm going to stew in it while you tell everybody what we're talking about today. Yes. So we are talking Objectophilia. This is something that's really strange. Uh, it's a little different than what we have normally talked about in the past. Like, it's not really horrific or yeah, like... Yeah, like, we don't have any murders for you. Yeah, we're definitely today. getting a little psychological Sorry, today. Half the audience just fucking turns off this episode. <laughs> no like, murder. What the fuck? What the hell? No murder. No I magic. Murder. <laughs> no, we just no did mayhem. Magic. We just. <laughs> I'm out, bitches. Look, I just said no murder. Magic and mayhem. Who knows? That's like us. I mean, I am feeling pretty shitty today, so I could potentially murder Kenny by the end of this episode. You don't know. And I would murder her. I would bring you back, though. I love you. So object sexuality, which is what we're going to talk about today, mm-hmm. is a form of sexuality that is focused on specific inanimate objects. Individuals that have expressed this sort of preference may have really strong feelings of attraction, love, or commitment to certain items or structures that they seem fixated on. For some, sexual or even close emotional relationships with humans are completely incomprehensible. Others are able to have relationships with humans and also with objects. We see that some, too. Some object sexual individuals also believe in animism, which is a theory, if you're not familiar with it, that everything that exists, like even inanimate objects, have a particular spirit, even if they may not be sentient. And in some cases, in some branches of animism, they believe that they also are sentient. But based on that belief, they these types of OS individuals can sense reciprocation based on the belief that objects have souls. Yeah. And some even think that their objects can communicate with them. I think this is something that neither one of us really have a whole lot of experience with. So it was interesting to kind of read about the different case studies. So we'll kind of talk about um, some of the different examples of OS and kind of like what is behind all of that. Because it's kind of an interesting thing to look at. So one thing that I was interested to find when I started researching this is an example that was given from literature, actually came from 
the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Notre Dame? Notre Dame. Notre, Notre Dame. Dame? Notre Dame. Dom. I think I never realized that my entire life I've said Notre Dame. It's Notre Dame. And I don't know why, because it's... It's Notre Dame. That's that's It's odd. also not her day. <laughs> but um... <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. Anywho, we've all seen Hunchback of Notre Dame. I did it right. And we know Quasimodo and his bells, and we saw, we've seen the animated film where he falls in love with Esmeralda, and then that hot dude that's blonde and has the bowl cut comes along, mm-hmm. who is not really that hot to begin with. Right. Like, let's be real. She could have done better. Esmeralda was hot as shit. Yeah, she was. She was super hot. I was her when I was, like, four. I insisted. I think I, I was Pocahontas for a year, and I would literally write Pocahontas on my school papers instead of my fucking name, <laughs> because I was that committed. Ooh. You know, it's fine. I, I could have I been insane, but instead I have this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> and all of you. Wait, is your name really Katie? That's how important you are. Is it, or I'm is it Pocahontas? Now. I'm concerned now. I'm concerned you're some random child that killed a girl named Katie and became her. Maybe. Would it make a difference for your life? No. No. Next week, we're going to open the show, and I'm going to introduce... It's going to be The Haunted Heart with Kenny and Pocahontas. Why do? Why is there... There's a T that keeps coming up now that's a little alarming for me at the end of Pocahontas. I think I've developed a strange lisp. Anyway, I'm just trying to get this fucking point across. It's really not that important, but... Hunchback of Notre Dame, the original book version, which was written by Victor Hugo, who's the same guy who wrote Les Mis, Les Miserables. The book is way better than the play, and don't even talk to me about the film. Quasimodo, in that story, was much more interested in the bells than he was Esmeralda. There was still that, like, storyline, but one of the excerpts from that was actually used as an example of objectophilia. So the excerpt is... Quasimodo loved the bells, caressed them, talked to them, understood them. From the carillion in the steeple of the transept to the great bell over the hallway, over the doorway. I'm having a stroke. They all shared his love. Claude Froyo had made him the bell ringer of Notre Dame. And to give... Fuck you. And to give the great bell in marriage to Quasimodo was to give Juliet to Romeo. So... We can see kind of in that passage, some of it is like romantic language, romantic with a capital R, because Victor Hugo was part of that movement. But some of it, if we take it literally, that is a perfect description of objectivelia, because he has a relation, uh, an actual relationship with the bells. He talks to them. He is physical with them and caressing them. Ugh. He understands them. Yeah, if we take physical, it literally, it gets a little weird. Physical with the bells. I mean, it says that he caresses them. I'm just saying. Some of that is just romantic with a capital R language being taken out of context. But it does offer, if you interpret it literally, it offers a really good sort of example of objectophilia. You know what that kind of reminds me of? Uh, Salad fingers and the rusty spoons. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, salad fingers would be a really good uh, other example. I didn't even think about him, but... Yeah, the rest that's subjectophilia. <laughs> I miss salad fingers. Those were the good days of the internet. When it was really that, like, was. 07? Something like that. Yeah, no, it's definitely, like, 2007. Yeah. 
It was like 06, 07. People today probably just don't even know what Salad Fingers is. I feel That's like what's most disappointing. I am confident in our listeners, and I feel like they know what he is. I'm not talking about our listeners. I said most people. Yeah, well, most people are lame. True. So unless you're <laughs> listening you're with us. to us, and <laughs> then you're not, you're lame. not lame. Not lame. No, definitely all lame. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like we're pretty lame. So yes, yeah, so that was kind of something that I found in my research, and I have a couple different cases that I can kind of present. So yeah. It's kind of, it's all right. So this is just, this is just strange to me. All right. All right, folks. Let me just go on I can tell that it makes you a little uncomfortable. It's just so weird to me. I don't understand. I I feel old, like, and I don't want to feel old. Why do you feel old? Because I don't know if this is like, I don't want to, I'm not trying to like knock on anybody or not be like open-minded accepting yeah no i mean a lot (laughs) of the people that i have in my case studies are older people that's not like the youth yet i mean i'm sure that there are people i'm sure it's not an age thing yeah so you can actually so there's an official uh there's an official website oh yeah if you search objectum sexuality dot org now if you are at work on your work computer. Don't do that. No, it's actually kind of a pretty pretty safe for work really? <laughs> website. Is it just like photos of like cha- a chair? Not even. It's like it's you go onto it. It's objective sexuality uh, international is the headline. Okay. Um, and there's a picture of a red fence. Okay. Uh, and then it just tells you a little bit about. Uh, where this whole thing sort of like what like a few of the pioneers um Hmm. that started this or like one of some of the most well-known people who um are objects how would you even say that object sexual yeah object sexual yeah object sexual um (laughs) It's really funny how uncomfortable you are with this particular topic. Like we talk about, I think last week we talked about a man murdering and cannibalizing his date from Grinder, And then this week you're just kind of like this. I can tell that this kind of freaks you out a little bit. Yes, it freaks me out. Yeah. I'm just, I don't, because, I, I, all right, just so a here man we go. who wants to here make love go. to a fence, you know? Here we go. It's like that humanity thing what humanity do these things have i don't Mm. understand like they're not right like what does that give give back to you here's the thing i don't want to like step on any toes or go go too far you know we try to be we try to be respectful of everybody here on the haunted heart podcast however i feel like if you are feeling like you may be sexually attracted to a fence I feel like maybe you lost your family. Like something terrible happened to you. Like I feel like these are potentially very deeply scarred individuals who maybe just really struggled and maybe or and maybe maybe not. They hang out with um, wild turkey quite a bit. Maybe they're not though. Maybe that's a part of being open minded. I don't know. I'm feeling like I'm. I'm not. I wouldn't go so far as to like lump this in with like the hollow moon theory and like the flat earth theory. Cause I feel like if you do believe in the hollow moon theory and you are angry at the moon as hollow moon theorists are, maybe we'll do an episode on that. Wait, uh, there are people that are angry at the moon. Yes. Can Something I be, is there like a hollow happened. sun group that I can join? 
<laughs> no, interestingly enough, it's only like pointed at the moon, but there is a what group of people. What has the moon people, done to you? Well, no, there's a group of people who don't believe that the moon is the moon. Like it's not, it's not our moon. Somebody took our moon and they replaced it with a fake moon and it, the moon is a lie. <laughs> and the cake is a lie. And they're just very angry individuals. But I feel like they are also deeply scarred individuals. I feel like uh-huh. okay. a therapist should infiltrate the Someone movement. has taken our moon. Yes. Well, maybe we'll do an episode on that if you guys are interested in hearing the, the history of it. It's pretty, it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> so anyway, I am going to read an excerpt from the, from the website. Uh, so what they say is, We love objects on a very significant level, and many of us in an intimate way. Mm -hmm. This feeling is innate. Objectum sexual love comes for most in a similar awakening as other sexualities at the start of puberty. This is often followed by an acute awareness that we do not relate to peers due to the source of projected feelings. Often, objectum sexual people feel outcast or pressured by mainstream sexuality with a helpless feeling that we cannot change what comes so naturally to us. This is what makes it difficult for me because I know that feeling. Yeah. And I don't want to be the person, you know what I mean? Like I'm not trying to be that person that makes someone feel that way like I have felt from other people. Yeah. Um, so they say, what is the natural feeling of object sexuality? Just as mainstream um, are attracted to certain types of people, physical, uh, intellectual, objectum sexuals develop strong feelings towards objects possessing, in particular, certain geometry and or function. Often this attraction is regarded as an obsession to a degree that provokes criticism. So it's kind of like borderlining obsession a little bit is what they're mentioning here. Yeah. Uh, and truly, there is not much difference. Love is a feeling that preoccupies one's thoughts. This, in its own right, describes a degree of obsession where all focus is on the one desired. I believe that's a throwback to our first episode, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Uh, because it is so unorthodox, our attraction and devotion to the object of our affection is what devotes our interest to a level that appears merely obsessive to others so what they're trying to say is to them it's like a sexuality like any other uh but to like us or Mm -hmm. other people it just comes off as obsession yeah it actually is it has been recognized in psychology today by one particular um psychologist dr mark griffiths He feels that objectophilia should be accepted as a rare, though legitimate, sexual orientation and not pathologized. Pathologized? Pathologized. Pathologized. That was hard. And not pathologized as a psychological condition that needs to be fixed or treated. And he also makes a comparison to homosexuality. For me, though, here's the thing. I feel like you cannot have love without consent and if an object is inanimate there is not really any consent you know what i mean well yeah but like, like I, I think, think because it's in the not giving of the consent and the mutual the mutuality of of the thing you know well i think that there's an like there's no reciprocated love 
Yes. So, because I don't think consent matters when it's an inanimate object. Well, no, but I think, I <laughs> but, mean, I'm not necessarily just talking about sexual consent, but I'm talking about consent in a wider, in a wider context of like, I am consenting, like, as your friend, as a fellow human being who is a friend to you, right? I consent to be in our relationship. I say, this is something that I want. This is something I agree with. And so we are friends. You do the same. And so we have a mutual agreement upon that. And if if you are dealing with something that's inanimate, I struggle to find the relationship there because it's really just you having a fixation on this thing. Like, I, I struggle with it. All right, so... Because of that. All right, so they have a topic on their website. And again, I'm, like, sort of reading from their website here. So, uh, how can one love an inanimate object? So... Great, okay. See if they, we, All right. what, what we have All right, to say. answer my question. Can Indeed, the meaning of love the comes into question. However, there is no single definition because this feeling has many levels and crosses every part of the spectrum. Virtually every one and everything can be loved. Love does not have any rules that re- require requisite to whom or to what we express this multifaceted emotion as long as it causes no violation or harm to the subjected. The spectrum of love is so vast one may relate it to a bell curve. In the middle appears the majority of those whose relationships can be characterized by the similarities to whom and how they love. Objectum sexuality finds its place at one end as a minority, which facilitates the criticism of our way of love and life. But nonetheless, we still fall under the curve of the enigmatic emotion known as love. I don't know that that answered my question. Well, funny. Okay. Because now they go on to say, okay, so the question isn't answered. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't really think that that. So the question isn't answered for those who strongly believe that love must be reciprocated to be in and have a relevant relationship. Naturally, if one sees objects as inanimate, then objectum sexual love and our relationships would undeniably be scrutinized. Indeed, there are cases of love being one-sided as with any orientation, but in general, in general, we do feel love in return. Okay. So, so it seems then that at least, and and it may be this website might not speak for all objectophiles, but um, it seems like they are saying that you must believe in animism to get the tenets of their sexual orientation. Like you must believe that the object has a spirit and can love them back. Uh, yeah. I mean, I could, yeah. It seems like they're making that a, a prerequisite. How is that? I use the word correctly. Yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. guess. I it's think you, a little I think weird. You have it, to, which is difficult for me because I kind of like, I kind of do feel that. Like I kind of, I have flirted with the whole animism thing because, um, I do kind of think that like the earth has this particular spirit and trees have a particular spirit and, and that some things have spirit. Um, I see it in terms more of like energy, yeah. which we've talked about before, but so I guess, I don't know, like that may, it makes it difficult for me because I do almost buy into that pretense of animism, right? right? But I, but I'm just not getting the reciprocation thing. 
Yeah, it's hard for me because I'm like, I'm, th- I'm sitting here thinking to myself and I'm like, could I fall in love with that Halloween canister that I just bought at the Home Goods today? I mean, you're working on it. You've got to like be, second base already. So I might be. I'm like looking around like all of Your my, decorations. my decorations and Halloween shit. And I'm like, you actually it's a just fine have, line. You just have like a harem of Halloween decoration loves. It's a fine surrounding line. Surrounding you. But I'm like, that canister ain't going to hold me in the middle of the night. <laughs> For real. That canister, while beautiful and that canister is not going to stand curved, me up on a it's date. It's got curves and it's got a nice little look to it, but that canister is not going to pop me in the face and choke <laughs> me a little bit. That's not going to happen for me. That's not going to work out. Canister's not going to smack me and call me daddy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. So yeah, that's a little bit from the, I guess the official website yeah uh so there's a lot more information on here because they go into like because a lot of people consider or they they get into the subject of considering object sexuality as a fetish Mm -hmm. um which they say that it is not okay uh because a fetishist must have their desired object present as a catalyst to achieve sexual gratification the love for our object is not based on a habitual psychosexual response. It is the object that captivates us on many more levels besides sexual arousal. Fetishists yeah. do not see the object as animate as we do and therefore do not commence to develop a loving relationship with the object. Okay. So that, okay. All right. It's beginning to make more sense in that an objectophile must believe in animate according to this website must believe in animism right because the object must be animate in order to have a relationship right whereas if you do not believe in animism and you have a proclensity towards a particular object then it's just fetish Am I hearing the objectophiles shitting on the fetish community? Because, like, I mean, just fucking get in line. I'm just... (laughs) I just had a really... We actually like it. (laughs) I I just had a really intense desire to do a fetish-themed episode. I don't... I don't know (laughs) if I can do that. I mean, we can try. We'll put it in our notes. Assistant! Still nobody. One day. One day. Okay. So I have a couple case studies that I wanted to look at. Okay. So a couple different cases, and these are pretty quick. Uh, This is one that a lot of people may have heard of, the Statue of Liberty and Amanda Whitaker. So Amanda Whitaker is a 27-year-old shop assistant hailing from Leeds, England. And she fell in love with the Statue of Liberty. She spent her teenage years having a relationship with her drums, uh, but apparently they, you know, didn't didn't see eye to eye, didn't see eye to drum, uh, and she fell in love with the Statue of Liberty um, when she when she visited it. She said that she's attracted to various geometric shapes and that she has several monuments of the Statue of Liberty at her home, and has visited the Statue of Liberty, who she calls Libby five times after she fell in love with it in 2007. So 
some part of me is thinking that there's a set of drums somewhere just like just fucking, fucking everybody hurts it's just so there's sad. that no you cut scene to cut that um to the like they do in vines with the I don't know. It's like Kim Kardashian, like whining. Oh, oh my God. Yes. No, that's like one of my favorite things in Old Vines is uh, that one where it's like they ask you if you're fine and you just have to say that you're fine, but you're not really fine. fine. I love it. Fine, but you're not really fine. It happens to me at least once a day. It's happening to me right now as we do this podcast. You know what I'm feeling? Why would you say that? Every time I say something uh, wrong, I just hear that playing in my head. You should. We should like play it over ourselves. There's in like the that. Is that Enya that sings that? Who can yes, sing? yes, yeah. <laughs> I just imagine the drums off somewhere and just. So fun fact: when I was like a pudgy eleven-year-old for my piano recital one year, I fucking played Enya's "Only Time" <laughs> on the piano, <laughs> and I was. When I tell you that I was into it, girl, I was into it honey i was on that music my head was going there's like a video of it somewhere it's incredible and i'm just like giving that piano everything i've got i'm on that music i'm feeling enya i have taken enya inside me and it is a beautiful thing i still i still get a little touched by that song so it's a beautiful song uh so our next case is the case of Val Thoreau. Val Thoreau is a married mother of two who is in love with an oak tree since she discovered it in 2008. Now, I don't think her children are saplings. So, you know. I'm just trying to figure out the root cause of this. Uh Uh-huh, that was good. Yeah, again, I I mean, I'm not saying that she's a very hurt individual who's really struggling with some things, but... I mean, are we... I'm just going to leave it there. I don't think that the oak tree... Are we barking up the wrong tree here? Wow. You are just full of those. So Val is a retired nurse who is currently in her 60s, and she made a journey from Canada to England in order to visit that specific oak tree whom she refers to as her partner. Okay. She's flown from Kamloops, British Columbia. Kamloops? Yeah, I don't know. Kamloops. K-A-M-L-O-O-P-S. Where are you from? Kamloops. If you listen to this podcast and you are from Kamloops, I want to fucking hear from you. Uh, we're going to be best friends. So you can replace Kenny. No. <gasps> no. Way. Yeah, that's fine. Once a week. If you want to come in and step in, I'm great. <laughs> no one could ever, my darling. So... She has flown from British Columbia, Val has, to the New Forest in Hampshire once a year since she fell in love with the soak tree. And when she's apart, she remains in touch with her tree by viewing it on Google Earth. Okay, that's nice. I'm not as weirded out by the tree. Yeah. yeah. I can, because, here, all right, here's the thing. Because there's a connection to life there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, uh, there's an, inner like, I can definitely feel that there's an energy there. I mean, um, yeah. I'm and I'm not going to say, I like, feel... I have hugged a tree and felt like, you know, This is where something. I'm, 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 I just don't know where to stand because, like, well, I do feel energy from, like, things like the trees. And I have a very good relationship with the trees. But I have never wanted to fuck a tree. Like, I don't want to fuck a tree. I don't want to kiss a tree. 
you know? And I just don't, I can't. I've it's kissed that a tree. Leap. It's that leap that I'm, I, I've probably kissed, kissed a tree. I've That's kissed true. a tree. But I mean, not like, op- I mean, not no, like no, no, really no, no, no. like. Not like in that movie, uh, Super, it. was it Superstar? Didn't she yes. make out with a tree? Yes. She made out with a yeah. tree in that movie. I don't want that. I don't want that. No. So that's where I just have a little bit of trouble. So, all right. For me, it makes Although a little more sense. Although the Google Earth thing is a little cute. Like, I have to say, I was kind of like, oh. <laughs> uh, what is So happening? for me, like I said, there's that connection to life, Earth, energy. Whereas, like, something else, like a pen or a candle, like, it's, it's manufactured. Mm-hmm. It's not from the Earth. So yeah, there's, okay. like... That's the difference that I get. You know what I mean? That's why I can look at like someone who's like, oh, I'm in love with this tree and be like. Yeah, I I think, I mean, I would be inclined. I feel like I want to agree with you, but I also feel like we're making like, like bullshit, like, uh, what is the word? Like divisions. If you can be in love with a tree, then why can't you be in love with a pen? You know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I see it, but I'm just saying I, I understand. It, <laughs> yeah. I You're can more relate with the concept and of empathetic tree. with the idea of yeah. loving something and even getting that reciprocation back yeah. from nature versus something yeah. else. I mean, well, it's that concept almost borders on like Druid culture. Like, well, and the history of Druids. Yeah. Are you going to talk to me about Druids? No, I'm not. Oh, fuck. The way that you said that sounded like, well, I have this entire book report that I have prepared on druids. On druidism. <laughs> Chapter one. I actually know some pretty cool modern day druids. Uh, maybe we'll shout them out on the podcast one day. Um, so this next guy. So Val has a very um, close relationship with her tree, right? But this next guy is a little bit more of a player, with his objectophilia. So Edward Smith is in his 60s, and he refers to himself as a mechaphile, which is a term (laughs) that is used to describe somebody who is sexually attracted to planes, automobiles, or trains. Huh, baby, I can let you know right now it ain't big enough for him. (laughs) So, oh my God. So, um... Smith claims that over the past five decades, he's had more than 1,000 sexual partners. But the surprising reality, surprising for some of us, maybe, is that only one of those 1,000 was actually human. (sighs) Again, the subtext is, somebody hurt you, baby. (laughs) What you're feeling is hurt. (laughs) So only one of of the 1,000 was human. He claims that he's not only one to have such unusual sexual attraction, that he's not the only one who has such an unusual sexual attraction. And he says that there are more than 500 other men known to have relationships with cars. I don't really know how he keeps up with that. Maybe he has a Facebook group. (laughs) There's a group. There's (laughs) There's a a Facebook group for that. It's a thing. I'm sure. Uh, That reminds me of the guy. Do you uh, remember seeing that episode on My Strange Addiction where they showed the guy who was into his car? No. Yeah, there was an episode of My Strange Addiction where this guy was like, they they played it as like being addicted to his car or like a loving his car, but it's really exactly what we're talking about. Huh. And so this guy was so, it was really funny, and I don't mean to poke fun, but kind of do. Uh, he was sitting in his car and he was like, 
just gently caressing the steering wheel and he would give it like a light kiss and he would lay under his car uh-huh. and like kiss the bumper like okay. he was yeah, laying he was masturbating under, her. under there too. Yeah, no, he was no, he was jerking off. Yeah, no, no, no. He was, he was having a sexual loads of cum. Yeah, on, he on was having a sexual relationship with his car and he would just they'd show it. And there's like YouTube videos that I can that we can post, but it's like he's kissing it and he's like, I love you, baby. <laughs> somebody somebody hurt you though. Somebody hurt him so bad, and I just wanna just bring him to my bosom and just comfort him and make it better. So you will be happy to know that our friend, uh, our friend Edward Smith is now in a committed relationship with his VW Beetle, who is named Vanilla. Uh, Irony. Vanilla. Irony. Yes. So, um, and then the other little case uh, that I wanted to bring up is Bill Rifka. Bill Rifka is a psychology uh, or was a psychology student who is in a relationship with his iBock laptop. iBook. iBog? <laughs> his iBock. iBock sounds like a character's name in like fucking Star Trek. Like I'm into it. iBock. iBock. What if that's like the new Android for the new Star Trek series? Uh, okay. And then we just delve right into that. <laughs> you can't follow me there though. Um, I've got the new iBock. I got the new iBook. iBook like Reeboks, but they like have like thrusters on them and you can fucking fly and shit. That'd be cool. Right? All right. Write it down. We can't release this episode. <laughs> Shouldn't release this episode. <laughs> so, Everybody at home's like, why did you release this episode? <laughs> so Bill Rifka is in a relationship with his iBook laptop computer. He's 35 years old, and he confesses that he has often flirted with his sweet laptop on eBay and felt true desire for it. He said that he believes that his computer is male, and they are in a homosexual relationship. Oh, okay. So, that's the story of Bill and his uh, big gay computer. Wasn't there, um, yeah, that... that His big gay computer. (laughs) Bill and the Big Gay Computer, like a kid's book. Yeah. Only if you really want to fuck up your kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. But probably none of those cases can compare to one of, if you know anything about objectophilia, you have probably heard of this case. Those cases cannot compare to the very famous case of... Of who? The Berlin Law Lady. <laughs> Fucking yeah, what I know. You I led you into that. I know. I know. I led you into that one. I led you into that. I was one. trying to lay it down all smooth. And be uh, like pro. what? I don't know. Yeah, she married the. Yeah, so her. I can't. You say her name better crack. than I. No, give it. Give it your best shot. I just have confidence. I don't know what I'm fucking saying. I just say it with confidence. Asia, God, I failed. Asia O'Hara, no. (laughs) Asia O'Hara. Aya Rita Ekloff, Ekloof. Okay, Ekloof. Ekloof. Berliner Mauer. Berliner Mauer, yeah. Yes. 
she <laughs> Berliner Mauer. Berliner Mauer. Yeah, Is she married Mauer. the Berlin Wall. Yes. This is the case that everybody knows and everybody like it's so ridiculous and everybody like thinks it's so crazy. But her last name actually is the is Berlin Wall, like Berliner Mauer. That's what that means. Yeah. Yeah. She married it in 19. Well, no. All right. So in 1996, she started uh, the first website dedicated to object sexuality in four language. Uh, more or less a personal account of her own life and sexuality, but also an informative site directed at the nature of OS. It was from these early hand-coded pages that objectum sexuality became known in the trenches of the internet. In 1999, uh, she launched the first internet group with an extended invitation to anyone interested in discussing objectum sexual issues, which is, uh, and that sort of leads into, uh, uh, the website that I mentioned. Yes. Uh, people poured in, but it was unclear if they were actually OS or simply curious, and discussions never developed. Or so. if they were hosting a uh, horror, true crime, paranormal possibly. podcast and just needed some info. So while her just first... popping in. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mind us. Don't mind me. Just here for the donuts. <laughs> me. So while this first attempt failed to bring about an open dialogue, she decided to close and reopen another in 2002 with focus directed at providing a more private environment for discussion. Membership required approval, and from this selective process came the first active and and sincere members of the objectum sexuality community. And so she started that because at... uh, Yeah, so this all stemmed from her... uh, her sexuality uh and on june 17th 1979 she followed her heart and married the object of her true desire the berlin wall yeah she what up from what, what, I was th- reading, what do you think happened like <laughs> when that came crashing down <laughs> well from what i was reading like she married the Berlin Wall because she liked things that were like long and slim that had horizontal lines. She took, a but the Great Wall of, of China like, was reportedly too thick, which oh. I can understand. It seems rather thick wall. It seems like a lot. Some, you know, you can be intimidated sometimes by a thick wall, uh, or the girth, if you will. <laughs> um, but so she was in a relationship with it. With the Berlin Wall for a long time. She married the Berlin Wall. Uh, but reportedly these days she's in a relationship with a garden fence, I heard. Well, she was a the interesting thing is that she was a she's was actually a model builder. That's what she did. Oh, interesting. So okay. you can look up pictures and you can see that like it's like nineteen sixty eight and she's got like models that she's built of walls. Oh, interesting. Okay. So yeah, I would just, and she's got a whole wet, honey, she's got a whole wedding album uh, of her and, the, and the Berlin Wall. Are they still married now? She's got a white dress. Is that a, no, she's got a pantsuit on. Okay. You know, a modern woman. She's got a white pantsuit on. I'm with it. <laughs> by the Berlin Wall. Um, yeah, I just would want to know, like, I, my thing is, like, what, what, what'd you do? Like, how did that, did 
did you go and have a conversation when they tore it down or like the source that I read which I don't know how reputable it is because you know (laughs) research uh the source that I read said that she never went to see the wall after it was torn down but she does keep replica pieces of it in her home so I don't know if she considers herself like a widow now right that's what I'm wondering like is she a widow or because, I mean, she never changed her, her last name, right? Yeah. But I told you, I read on that website that rumor has it that she's uh, flirting with the fence. So was it? Is it a red fence? Maybe. Maybe it's that red <laughs> fence on that website. Maybe. So, interestingly, she is actually not the only woman to marry the Berlin Wall. Oh, what? Yeah, she's not. Uh, or she's not the only... Well, I should say she's not the only woman to have a relationship with the Berlin Wall. The Berlin Wall gets around, apparently. So there is a woman whose name is Erica Eiffel, and she is famously known for having married the... She's an American, and she's known for having married... Wait, 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 wait. Can you guess? Damn it. Katie. (laughs) Come on now. I was going to let them guess what she... uh, I'm pretty sure they fucking know. (laughs) You've ruined everything. So... podcast is over. (laughs) So, yeah, we're drawing the line at objectophilia. So she married the Eiffel Tower in 2007. And she had a 20-year relationship with the Berlin Wall prior to that. Uh, And before that, even, she had uh, an object relationship with Lance who was her competition bow, as in, like, bow and arrow, as in, like, brave, right? And Lance, she said, helped her become a world-class archer. Oh. So. Well, there you go. Yes. So she's very, she's kind of more of a, whereas the other lady, uh, Mrs. Berlin Wall, (laughs) is more of an older, like, she, you know, she's old guard in the, Objectophilia community. Yeah. She, Erica Eiffel is kind of like the new, like there was a documentary done about her in like 2012. Like it's a thing apparently. Yeah. The thing with her is that she was really enamored by its structure or is enamored by its structure. Yeah. Uh, and apparently psychologists are still trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that goes for like OS in general. Like I think it's still very much a, some psychologists will tell you that it is, you know, they have more of a stance that it's something that's like a, I don't want to say like a condition, but they definitely do not view it as a valid form of sexuality. And then there are other psychologists like, like the one that we talked about in psychology today who do respect it as a valid form of sexual orientation. So I think, you know, it, it's very hotly debated as to whether this is something that should be, you know, respected as as just as valid as any other, other sexual right, any other sexual yeah. orientation or not, or if it's you know. Well, I have a game for us to play. Okay. We love games, right? The answer is uh, my vibrator. <laughs> That's the answer. That is the only answer. (laughs) 
No. What? What? All is right. The so game? I have a game. Okay. I'm calling it. Uh, it's our own. Let's say we're. It's let's. It's our. It's our dating game for the episode. <laughs> okay. Uh, and we're coming. What is we're that calling game it, that? Um. Oh, what is that game where you had like the three people to choose from, and they were behind like different doors, and you got to answer. That's kind of what this questions? is about. Okay. That's kind of what this is about. Except uh, my game show, I'm calling it Object of Desire. I'm into it. Okay, Brandy. Okay. <laughs> Object okay, of Brandy. Desire. Caitlin Murray, come on down. And I have like big hair and it's I've like teased it to the gods and I have blue eyeshadow on. Teased Very it important. higher than the gods. <laughs> yes. So Object of Desire. This is a fun little thing that I just came up with on a whim. And <laughs> Ew. Ew, I hated that. Ooh. Never do that again. That was from Family Guy. We don't you believe in H's on this show. God, this Aww. episode really has everything. It really does. Family Guy references. It's just all meandering conversation about a sexual orientation, maybe that makes us uncomfortable. It's just the height of. All right, so great. Let me get down to this. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a description of what could be a person, but you have to. But it's actually an object. Okay. So I'm making it sound like it could be a person. Okay. But you have to guess what object it is. Okay. All right. All right. Yes. And then it ties in with an actual case. Okay. All right. All right. So this guy is emotional. Mm-hmm. Lots of highs and lows. Likes to take it slow first before speeding things up a bit. Has a height preference. Is it a roller coaster? Yes. <laughs> ding 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 ding. I'm the best. Amy Wolf Weber is a church organist in Pennsylvania and is married to an 80 foot magic carpet themed ride called A Thousand and One Knots. Oh no! It's a bad pun. <laughs> it is. It's a bad pun. Yes. And an object. This was after a courtship that consisted of 3,000 rides over the course of 10 years. Wow. There's a joke in wow. there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, there is. But I'm not going to make it. There is. She even changed her surname to Weber after the manufacturer of the ride. She has been attracted to the fairground ride since the age of 13, explaining, quote, I was instantly attracted to him sexually and mentally. I wasn't freaked out as it just felt so natural, but I didn't tell anyone about it because I knew it wasn't normal to have feelings for a fairground ride. She also sleeps with a picture of the ride on her ceiling and carries its spare nuts and bolts around with her. You know, I have two, I have two thoughts here. Uh, I have I have probably been with men who I would describe as a fairground ride. <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> Let's say, be real, girl. I kind of understand say, you. That's probably why you got that one so. Quick. I kind of get you. Second thought is: Do you think that she comes every time she rides that roller coaster? Mm, possibly. And if so, what if you were the person who got stuck beside her, uh, and you're just like halfway through or the, the person roller coaster after her? Right? You're just like halfway through the roller coaster, and everybody's like, "Wow." And she's like, ah, <laughs> like, come on now. Yeah. So you might come be on, asking how ma'am. she. <laughs> Calm yourself, Mary. Calm down, Mary. <laughs> you might be asking how she feels about other people riding her husband. Uh-huh. Well, she claims that they share a physical and spiritual relationship and she does not get jealous when others get involved. Interesting. So they have like an open relationship. It's an open relationship. Okay. Yep. All right. 
and he gets written a thousand times a day. Mm-hmm. All right, so next one. Loves to cuddle. Okay. A little cold at first until he warms up to you. Great in bed. I mean, I want to say a blanket, but I don't get the cold thing. Wait, read it to me again. Loves to cuddle. Okay. A little cold at first until he warms up to you. Great in bed. A pillow? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. Okay. So, South... No, I kind of get that one. Like, if if we want to talk about some... I have some things... Some information that I could give you, ladies, if you're interested in that type of thing. Not that that podcast. Uh, I can I can get that. Might also be another tier on the Patreon (laughs) if you want to know. So South Korean Lee Jin, I can't pronounce this name. His first name's Lee. Is married to his Daki Makura, a body pillow he purchased from Japan which features an image of Fate Testarossa, a girl from the anime series Magical Girl Lyrical yes. Nanoha. Yes, I've heard of this guy. I watched a video on this guy. Yeah, they had been dating for six years prior to their marriage. Lee's friends said they go out to the park or the fun fair where it will go on all the rides with him. Then when he goes out to eat, he takes it with him and it gets its own seat and its own meal. He said that Lee was... Quote, completely obsessed with his pillow. He even traveled to Japan to marry it, and the nuptials were officiated by a local priest. Uh, Lee even fit the pillow with a custom wedding dress. Okay. However, like many commitment-phobic dudes, he is still unsure about the marriage, saying, quote, my love for fate is unchangeable, but I will take more time to think about our marriage. Damn. (laughs) You know what? Just like a motherfucker. I'm just saying. All right. Next one. Okay. Lots of junk in the trunk can be very high maintenance. Lots of junk. When is that child screaming outside? All right. Lots of junk in the trunk can be very high maintenance. A car? Yeah. Okay, cool. It's actually the guy that you talked about. Oh, Edward. Edward. Edward Smith and his Volkswagen Beetle named Vanilla. But see, you didn't get that good, good story about how he had been with 999 other automobiles. Oh, no, I have it listed, but you've already talked about it, so I'm not going to get into that. I'm just saying. But um, he does say that his most intense sexual experience was with a helicopter from the hit 1980s TV show Airwolf. What the fuck? <laughs> do not put your dick near a helicopter. No. Don't do that. Don't listen. We do not advise putting your dick or your cooch anywhere near. But the thing a is, helicopter. what's weird about this Don't is that he's it. been doing this since he was 15. And a lot of the cars like that he has slept with, it says uh, have belonged to strangers or car showrooms. Huh. Okay. <laughs> All right. So just leaving that there. Hmm. All right. And can my... you imagine you just like you're at the car showroom to like test out a shiny new Ferrari or whatever, and you just fucking get in it to like take a test drive, and there's just like some dude who's just totally shot a load all over the front seat. <laughs> That is, that is not something I'm prepared to deal with in a car dealership. You Has know what that though? Ever you know what though? Like, I'd ask to... for a discount. <laughs> Like, I'll take it, but Listen, I gotta wash it, so I need you to cut about twenty bucks off the price so I can go get the deluxe Listen, wash. 
Can you cut a G off of it? I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> That's worth a G. I'm serious. All right, last one. Chiseled body, silent, and has an affinity for art. Has an affinity for art? Like a wall? Because you hang art on a wall? No. Do I need to be more specific? Okay. Chiseled body, silent, has an affinity for art. An easel? No. Fuck. Okay. I'm going to get it. Read it one more time. Chiseled body, silent, and has an affinity for art. Is it like a statue? Yeah. It's a okay, statue. but it is art. Oh, but. Okay. You get. You, you, All right. You have to sure. bear with me a little bit here, okay? <laughs> Um, also, this is a really tough name to pronounce. Rainier, Rainer, Delaney, Rainer Delaney, Rainer Delaney. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's like quite as southern. <laughs> um, is yet another woman in a relationship with a statue, like Our Lady, uh, who's into her Lady Liberty. Oh yes. Uh, this time, a three foot depiction of the Greek god Adonis. She first bought the statue for three hundred ninety five euros and named it Hans. Hans, since the hit song Slow Hand by the Pointer Sisters was playing in the cab when she brought him home. Okay. Can you imagine imagine that fucking cab driver? That fucking cab driver was probably like, God damn it, they don't fucking pay me enough to deal with this weird shit. She's like feeling up the statue in the back seat and like fucking licking on it. And he's just like, Fuck this. I imagine the modern day version of this would be to slow hands by. That's what I thought you were about to say. Slow hands. Yeah. I, I literally thought you were about to say that. She now spends hours each day with it, reading and talking to Hans and keeping him close during dinner and watching television and kissing and caressing him while imagining them walking through meadows or by the seaside. Uh-huh. However, she confesses she could she could never marry Hans. Oh. she couldn't possibly stay faithful. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, like, what's the deal? Like, are they just, like, are they having, like, an open relationship? I think or it's are, either an open relationship on? or she's a little possessive. I don't know. Is Hans about, oh, Hans couldn't stay faithful to her? No, she or can't. She couldn't, she couldn't stay, stay faithful, faithful to, him. to him. There's so many other statues out there. Oh, my God. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. You did great, Katie. Right? I'm, you I'm did great. It. You've got a lot of experience with this. I'm, apparently. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm going to show up to record next week and I'm going to introduce you to my vase, my <laughs> life partner who is a vase. Yeah, I don't think I could ever if I if I could ever if I could ever say that I would be into an object, it would probably be something like a pumpkin. Right, yeah. I would say I would grab a pumpkin, a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah, because it's it's down to earth, unpretentious, body positive. It's lit. It's lit, you know? I mean, I could get that. I'm surprised that we didn't find somebody who was, like, in a relationship with a pumpkin. Well, Katie, I have a I have an announcement to make. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. You're in, like, a thruple. Yeah. <laughs> You've brought a pumpkin into I don't your know, Katie, marriage. you did keep that pumpkin last year for a long time. It didn't. I did not throw my pumpkin out until July. 
She and didn't it broke carve my it. heart. She didn't carve it, so it didn't it didn't rot. So, but it was no it was outside there. my uh, it was outside my apartment, and I would say hello to it every day. Yeah, and it was so beautiful. there you go. I was very sad to see him go. Yeah, but she had to move on. Folks. Didn't fuck it. Didn't fuck <laughs> it once. You know, just just don't understand. <laughs> just don't understand. <laughs> didn't ever think about it. <laughs> nope. Didn't even think about. Didn't even. Actually you didn't think about sitting on that it. stem. Oh my god. Oh my god. Ooh. No. Now that would be awful. Yeah. That would rip your vagina. I to guess shreds. if you used a condom, any. We're not going any further. We're not. <laughs> That's it. That's the episode of Objective. All right, guys. We did it. Thanks for hanging in there. If you're still with us, all two people who are still fucking listening, you're a champ. That's subjectophilia. That's what we have for you. Yep. So, as always, you can follow us on all of our social medias except Twitter. Or am what? I getting that wrong? You didn't fucked it up. The Haunted Heart. Twitter at The Haunted Heart. Instagram at The Haunted Heart Podcast. Facebook, just search The Haunted Heart Podcast and you can join our closed group. Uh, you can request to join. We'll approve you. And we are on Patreon, as we stated at the top of the episode, patreon.com slash thehauntedheart. You can also find us online, www.thehauntedheart.com. And for some of you guys that may not know, um, we do have merch available on our website. We have a couple different shirts to choose from. There's a really cool bag that's actually really good quality. Uh, yes. And it's printed on both sides. On uh, both sides. Anyway. Uh, hop on there and, and check out some m- of our stuff. More merch will be coming soon. Coming soon. soon. Secret ambiguity. Anywho, I think that's just about it. So we're going to wrap it up. All right, guys. It's that time. And until next time. Stay, stay spooky. spooky.